This is episode number nine of the High Impact Leaders Podcast, your shortcut to personal growth and career success. Everybody, welcome to episode number nine of High Impact Leaders. I'm Doug Standard, CEO of the Leaders Institute, and this is the podcast that helps people just like you acquire leadership and management skills to improve your careers and facilitate dynamic growth in your business. This is episode number nine, and on this episode, I'm going to continue the series on conflict resolution, but this week we're going to focus more on how to coach team members when they make mistakes, and, and I'm actually going to share with you a really cool time-tested secret that works unbelievably well to both resolve conflicts and also as a technique to really coach your team members. So it should be really, really helpful. By the way, the, the episode is brought to you by the Leaders Institute. So if you miss something on the podcast and, and or if you just want to ac- access the podcast notes, just go to leadersinstitute.com, leader plural, leadersinstitute.com and hit the magnifying glass and the header to open up a search bar. Um, just type in the podcast name in the search console. We'll take you to the specific podcast notes for, for that episode. Hey, by the way, I mentioned on the last podcast that our next Time Pack Leaders Bootcamp uh, is scheduled for June 18th and 19th in uh, in Dallas. And because of the huge response, we've, we've already had to close that class. So we uh, have scheduled a second High Impact Leaders uh, class in July. And it's going to be just after Independence Day. The dates right now are July. July 13th and 14th. Um, we do we have opened it up for ticket sales. So if you want to register for that class, you can go to High Impact Leaders and, and register. Um, just re- recall that last week I mentioned that we'll limit the access to the first 40 people. So only the first 40 people that register will get a chance to attend that class. Um, and the, and the boot camps are awesome, by the way. So if you want to be a more polished and professional speaker, you want to be more poised and persuasive um, and when you're leading people or managing people, uh, we, just, we cover a bunch of stuff that that um, just can be very, very helpful if you really want to become that go-to expert in your industry. So for details, go to uh, www.leadersinstitute.com slash leadership dash course, leadership dash course. All right. So let's get on with today's topic. Hey, so the topic today is experience is the best teacher. And then there's a question after that. Really? <laughs> you know, because it may not actually be. And it's one of those things that um, kind of we, we've we've always been taught. And and it's mostly true, by the way, experience is one of the best teachers, but it's also absolutely false. And we'll, we'll talk about that. So um, if, if, if you kind of think about it, um, just about anyone who has ever taken a class on a subject and, and later struggled to apply that content will kind of say, oh yeah, experience really is the best teacher. In fact, that's one of the reasons why we attract so many people to our leadership classes and public speaking classes is because people know that we understand that people learn by doing. And um, so when, when a teacher or coach gives us instructions, the words are theoretical. However, when we put those words into practice, and at the and at the time that we put those words into practice, we have some success. The words become very practical at that point. So so the statement is absolutely true when you consider that experience build confidence. It builds confidence in a skill set. Um, however, the statement is also absolutely false 
at least in the way that most people understand it. Because when, when people see the word experience, they automatically think of their own experience, like my experience. My experience is the best teacher. A truer statement would be that someone else's experience is actually the best teacher because a good coach can shorten the learning curve in any skill set pretty much exponentially. Um, I, I'll give you a real simple example. Let's say that you wanted to take up golf. You know, since experience is the best teacher, all that you would need to do is get a lot of experience playing golf and you'd be on the pro tour. Right. It's not exactly the way it would work. Right. Most most likely you'd get really, really good at a bad golf swing. You know, one of the things that folks always say is practice makes perfect. Now, actually, practice doesn't make perfect practice. Practice makes permanent. So if you're practicing a bad golf swing, you're going to if you have start to create those 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 habits that are not necessarily ideal, those habits over time become ingrained. And these habits actually become tougher to overcome as you practice more and more. Alternatively, alternatively, if you if you work with a golf pro, if you have somebody that that knows the the basics, they knows the 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 concepts and the skill set, and then that person can re- can really shorten your learning curve dramatically. So so the thing you want to keep in mind about learning from an an experienced teacher or learning from a good coach is that if the coach is excellent, if the coach is a really, really good coach, then a good student will always surpass the teacher. And that's one of the things that a lot of people kind of forget is they think that if I, if I go to a coach or if I'm, or if I am the coach, then I'm just going to create people that are carbon copies of me. Well, that's, that's pretty short sighted. In fact, if you're really, a, you know, my, for instance, like myself as a, as a coach, my goal is to always help shorten the learning curve of the people that I'm coaching. You know, so if I do that, then they don't have to experience all the turmoil that I had to to learn the skills that I'm teaching them how to do. Instead, they they learn from my experiences and they don't have to make the same mistakes that I made. And if you want to be a leader in your organization, then your goal should should be to help your team surpass you as well. So, I, I mean, my goal is to create a. a a bunch of people who are way better at what I'm teaching them to do than what I am. Because if I can help shorten their learning curve, then they can kind of pick it up and run with it. I, I give an example. Like, for instance, a couple of years after I started the Leaders Institute, um, the Leaders Institute has been around since uh, 2002. And I, this, so this would have been around eh, late 2003, maybe early 2004. Um, I hired a young guy who had just graduated from college. And I, I spent a couple of years kind of grooming him to be a, a presentation skills coach. So it's really young. And he was a fantastic student. This This young guy picked up things so quickly. He didn't have the the bad habits that a lot of professional speakers would have in, ingrained over the years. And so he picked up things like in, in a remarkably fast um, speed. And before long, he became one of our most popular coaches. He was one of the, 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 the like big companies that we work with um, all over the world were asking for him by name. And he wasn't even 30 years old yet. So he'd accomplished more 
as a coach in less than four years than I had in over a decade of doing the same type of thing. And, and an analogy that kind of explains this is it's kind of like uh, climbing a mountain. You know, for the, the very first person who climbs a mountain, that trip's really difficult. You know, however, if that person creates handholds and footholds in the rock, then the path for the second person is is quite a bit easier. And as more people make the trek, rope ladders are created and later maybe a chairlift is installed. So as each new generation improves the path, the trek gets much easier for the next generation. So if you want to be a good leader, you have to create the path during your trip. You 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 then you're making the road easier for the future generations. So, and that's really what that, that should be anyway, your goal. Um, anytime that you're coaching somebody, anytime that you're leading folks. Um, so let me, so let me kind of explain to you the technique that you can use to help create that path. There, there are certain things that you can do is once you have kind of identified challenges that people are going to experience, if you don't want them to make the same mistakes, you can teach them along the way and get them to shorten that path by keeping them from making the same mistakes that, that you made. Um, I, I'll give you an example because my dad was great at this. My dad, when I was a kid, my dad caught me stealing a dollar from his bedside table and I was mortified, you know, because I, I knew that I disappointed him. I knew it was wrong. I was, I was probably six years old. So I was a little kid. Uh, but instead of spanking me or, or, or getting angry with me, um, he, he used a powerful teaching technique. And, uh, and by the way, my dad didn't invent this teaching technique. It, it's the same technique that Aesop used. And when, when he wrote his fables back over 2000 years ago, um, basically what my dad told me was he, he told me a story about a time that he made a mistake, basically sometime when he stole something. And then he used that story as a way to get me to not make the same mistakes he did. So he told me about a time when he was a soldier in the army and he and his buddy had a weekend pass to go into town. And back then the base would allow the GIs to to, to use the base jeeps as long as they return the vehicles with a full tank of gas. My dad's buddy, though, worked in the motor pool and they 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 came up with this great idea that if they just filled up the gas tank at the base gas pumps, then and nobody would ever know, then they could save themselves whatever it was, you know, 25 cents in gasoline. Um, and the plan worked like a charm until the military policeman <laughs> happened to be driving by as they were filling up. And dad said that that the MP actually took he and his friend into custody. And luckily, he had an understanding commanding officer that let him off with a reprimand. But he said that if if he had been charged for that crime, he could have been sent to a federal prison for years. And when he finished telling the story, he just kind of looked at me and he said, hey, so don't make the same mistakes I did. And you have your whole life ahead of you. You can accomplish great things and accomplish more things than I ever dreamed of. So basically what he was doing was he was telling me the story and then giving me advice and telling me how I was going to benefit from that advice. That is the technique that the using examples and stories as a way to captivate your audience in a very short period of time and then offering advice. Now, just so you know, the reason why this works so well is that the human brain when is when some when you tell somebody to do something or when you order somebody to do something the human brain kind of gets defensive so like, well, who are you to tell me what i need to do 
But when you start with an example or a story, and especially a self-deprecating example or story, one where you're kind of talking about some mistake that you made in the past, then um, it diffuses that. It, that defensive mechanism that the human brain kind of puts up is is diminished a little bit. And so as a result, they're more likely to hear your story. Um so so basically, if you if you share an incident that relays your experience when you want to persuade somebody. Um, so that's kind of step one is to use basically um, get really good at relaying your experiences to other people. Um, and this is what creates that shortcut. You know, this is what this is what makes those the, the people that are listening to you more likely to do that thing that you want them to do. For instance, um, if you worked on a project for three years, you likely experienced challenges along the way as you worked on that project. And for someone who, who works for you on future projects that are similar, you don't want to have them make the same mistakes you did. So all you really need to do is tell the new person about the challenges that you experienced and how you fix them. It's really simple. I mean, basically, it, it's it's so simple, but it's so often overlooked as being a part of the leader. You, you a lot of times we think that that new people are on a, are going to automatically know everything that you know, and that's not realistic. Um, so I, I, let me give you an example from 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 my own personal experience. Like years ago, I I got hired to to, um, to teach a leadership program for the IRS in in um, in Utah. And one of the account managers that wrote up the the agreement, they basically did a letter agreement with the office address. It was in Ogden, Utah, you know, not, not too far from Salt Lake City, probably 30 miles or so. And on the morning of the event, I drove to the security gate at their office. And after 20 minutes, the security officer kind of told me that he couldn't find my name on the guest list. And I called my client, you know, on the cell phone and or I called on my cell phone. And, and you know, the client was really confused because he had personally talked to the, the security guard just a few minutes before I called. But he apologized. And he offered to come down and, and get me. So I waited and waited and waited. And a few minutes later, I got a call back on my phone. He said, where exactly are you? And I told him I was at the security gate. And he told me the, the building doesn't have a security gate. And I, that's when it hit me that I was in the wrong building. And actually, I was in the wrong city. It was embarrassing. Um, and because the although the IRS office that contacted us, the ones who contracted and, and created the um, the letter agreement with us, were, was in Ogden. They were in Ogden. The class that they wanted me to teach was actually in Salt Lake City, 30, 30 miles away. Away. So I scrambled to get to the class and, you know, I'm probably broke a bunch of traffic laws getting there very quickly. And, and it turned out to be a pretty good program. And it was kind of a, since it was a it was a funny start, you know, self-deprecating kind of start. And it was embarrassing, though. I mean, it was one of those things that that, um, you know, I'm supposed to be the guy that's coming in to teach communication skills. And then I, you know, because of poor communication, I made a big, huge mistake like that. So um, but the, the thing is that, though, is that. By, by me telling a story like that to one of my sales reps or account managers, it lets them know that, hey, I've made mistakes in the past that have been very costly and embarrassing. And then I can use that as a way to teach them to put more diligence in when they're getting details about the programs and putting the details into the contract and stuff like that. So, I mean, all, all those things are, are really important in the in the in the process. So as you tell that story, people go, oh, my God, yeah. You're, you're right, boss. You really were stupid, you know. So basically, they can agree with that. It's not like um, if they are if they made a similar mistake and I went and pointed out to them that they screwed up, then they're gonna they, they would try to justify it. But if I tell them how I screwed up, 
Now, all of a sudden, it's easy for them to agree with me that I'm an idiot, right? So the self-deprecating stories are a good way to kind of get people to agree with you. So once you tell the story, you don't want to just end there. I mean, that, 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 the, the incident experience, you know, where you share, share your mistake, it, it's what makes the advice easy to listen to. And, and by the way, it, this is especially true, just like I was saying, saying before, if um, you're sharing a mistake that, that you made, you know, no one, no one wants to tell the boss to, you know, I mean, I, I, no one wants their boss to tell them that they screwed up. Right. So, um, but you know, if the boss tells you that he screwed up and that's, that's a horse of a different color, right? So, but if you stop there, your team members are just going to think you're an idiot, right? So basically you have to kind of finish the technique by giving them a moral of the story. So, and, and by the way, this is what Aesop did at the, at the end of every fable, he put the moral of the story is. And so you knew exactly why he was telling you the story, you know, the moral of the story is here's why I'm telling you the story, or here's what I want you to gather from this. And, and you don't, necessarily have to say those exact words. You can just say something simply, simply like, you know, my point is, or the reason I'm telling you this is, or the action I want you to take is, you know, any of those kind of things will, will work. It just, the, the point is, is that when you um, finish your story, make sure and tell them a, a lesson learned as a result of that. For, so for my IRS example, the moral, the moral of the story might be, so when you create a letter agreement, make sure to list both the mailing address and the event location. And all of a sudden that story makes sense. Go, oh, that's why he's telling me this, right? Oh, okay. He wants me to make sure that I don't embarrass the instructor or something like that, right? And then the the neat thing about this is that you can actually add one little thing to the end of your your process here. So you start with a story. After you tell the story of the experience, then you give them a, a lesson learned. And then if you tell them how they're going to benefit from that, that lesson, it'll actually make the person more likely to actually want to do what you're asking them to do. So tell your listener how he or she is going to benefit from that. Um, and we all like to think that we're all altruistic, you know, ooh, you know, just do it because it's the right thing to do. However, for the most part, most people are pretty self-centered. So after you relay the experience you, and then add the moral, just end with a benefit to the listener. So for instance, for the IRS example, I might say something like, um, uh, if you do this, you'll be less likely to get a call from an angry customer wondering where his instructor is. <laughs> so, um, the, and when you say something like that at the end, then the person who you're coaching will likely say, well, yeah, you know, I don't want that to happen. So maybe I should follow this advice. So they're more likely to buy into what you're talking about. So the, it's basically, it's a very simple three-step process. Start with a, an example or a story, tell them the advice or what you want them to do, and then tell them how they're going to benefit from that thing if they do it. And if you do those three things, you'll have a pretty good persuasive speech in a in a very easy way to um, resolve a conflict or to get somebody to see that they made a mistake without pointing out that mistake in that mistake directly. So, anyway, so hopefully you're enjoying the uh, the High Impact Leaders podcast. If you haven't yet subscribed, make sure and do that. I mean, it looks like we're getting subscri subscribers every week, which is fantastic. Um, we, we absolutely love that. Make sure and leave us a, a review, by the way. Um, since it's a it's we're still in this particular podcast, we haven't had a whole lot of people actually review it yet. So make sure and and if you really like the content, give us the five stars, give us a good review on iTunes or or Spotify or whatever it is that you're you're um, listening to us on, and because we absolutely do appreciate that. Um, if you're interested in attending the class in Dallas, make sure and go to leadersinstitute.com for details. We'll see you next week on the High Impact Leaders Podcast.